0: Hi, welcome back. I'm Ron Cisco and this is Focus. The subject of today's podcast is the Subi Wave. I guess you're probably not familiar with it if you don't own a Subaru, specifically a WRX. I drive one and just hang on. I know the story is a little bit personal and maybe unrelatable, but I, I do want to talk about this because I think it's important. I'm going to start with the personal details. I drive a 2002 Subaru WRX. It's red. It's a wagon. I love the thing. It's rusting. It's falling apart. I've put a lot of time and money into it. So have my friends. This car has been on my bucket list since 2003. I sat in my friend's car. He had a uh, 2002 Subaru WRX. The Bug Eye is what they call it. And uh, it was blue. That's Subaru blue. And, um, and he told me how expensive it was. And I thought to myself, I'll never have that car. And for that price, no, probably not. But it was, it was special. It was beautiful. I, I, just, I just knew that that was something I wanted to have at some point in my life. So when the opportunity came up to have one, I really had my heart set on it. And thankfully, thanks to the support of my wife, I was able to make that happen. It's a fun car to drive. It's a hard car to drive. And I think what I didn't know was by... Purchasing that car, I was actually signing an unwritten contract with everyone, but specifically other WRX owners. There's this thing, and I called it the SUBI Wave. They've got a, d- a couple of different nicknames for it, but the SUBI Wave is, is, I think, the most common one for it. WRX owners, when they see each other passing, and it doesn't matter what model, what color, what year, if you recognize another WRX, It's assumed that you're going to wave at the other person and they will wave at you. And that's, it's such a small thing. It's just such a, a small, weird idiosyncrasy to, to pass someone whom you, you have no interaction with before. You only see their car. You only see that they have something in common with you. And you, you acknowledge them and you, you wave and maybe you smile. Hopefully you smile. It doesn't look like an angry wave. Those are weird. But, but you just have this moment where you connect over something that you have in common. And I think what's really interesting about Subaru owners is it, there's, it, you know, there's a, a weird competition to owning them, but at the same time, everybody's just happier there. Subaru owners don't care about how far along you've got your upgrades or if it's stock. They don't care about how old your car is or what year model it is. They don't say, oh, you've got the 2005, well, that one sucked because it had this problem. they're just you're part of the club you're part of the family when you both park in the same place usually on accident hopefully you're not parking next to other people who drive the same car on purpose Um, although people do that to take pictures I've seen that too they'll you'll greet each other and you'll say hey you know here are the details of my car what you've got going on and there's no judgment or very little judgment at least you're not judged at how far along the upgrade path you're on or what your goals are, or if you just wanted to keep your car completely stock, or if you purchased it modified, or if you purchased it modified and you're working back to stock. It, none of those things matter. You're just part of this club, this family. And wherever you are in your journey with that car, other people are on that same journey, just not your path. And it's, it's so different from so many other things. Unless you have those awful exhaust kit modifications that they sell at those cheapo card parts stores. But then it's because you're a public nuisance, not because you're not a Subaru owner. And it's not to say that this is limited to Subaru owners. This happens with sports teams, and it happens with Raspberry Pi communities, and it happens with musicians, or anytime enthusiasm is there without judgment you find that level of camaraderie, just a general acceptance, uh, uh, a helpfulness even. I know musicians who have built their own guitars, and if I ever had a question and said, hey, I've got this El Cheapo $400 guitar that I purchased, he wouldn't say, oh, that $400 guitar, you got to get rid of it. Or maybe he would if I was complaining about the sound of it, but he would probably tell me how I could get the best sound. What kind of strings I should be using? Maybe I should change the pickups. Maybe I need to re solder the wires because he knows that that particular brand has an issue with some interference thing. Those those are all helpful things that if I can take them without criticism, without the feeling of judgment, I can learn to be better. I can be happier. I can I can make improvements and I can grow and i think that's one of those weird idiosyncrasies i think i've used that word already but it's it's such a weird thing that we can apply something as competitive as enjoying something to a situation and still find a way to rather than be bitter find a way to improve I was just looking at um, a few videos on YouTube, kind of going back back through a backlog of of, uh, old reviews. And there's a a fellow I used to watch whom I haven't been watching for a long time. I'm not even sure he still makes videos, but uh, it came across my feed. He reviews old board games, and I'm not really a fan of board games, but it's always interesting to me to see what other people think about board games, especially how creative board games can be. And I'm sure you remember the VHS board game craze of the late 1980s, early 1990s. He found a board game about birdwatching. How one makes a game out of birdwatching seemed so outside of the realm of my thought process. But that's because I'm not involved in birding. What I did find in birding, they call it birding, if you're not familiar with it is that there are apparently three levels of aptitude. If you go to birdcertification.org, and I just assume that with a .org website URL, that it's an official page, there are three separate levels of certification. Number one, you're expected to be able to visually identify backyard birds and common birds and maybe identify them by song. There's a test. In level two, you're expected to know almost all of the birds, if not all of the birds, in your particular region. And you'll also be expected to identify, they call them vocalizations or calls, songs. I like to say songs. I think songs is nice. There's a test there. You're expected to complete, I think, 18 out of 20. It's pretty high, pretty high level. And then the level three birder should be able to point, count, survey, provide, scientifically rigorous, is the word that they like to use, rigorous data. Identify genus. I don't know the genus of anything. I, like homo sapien, I think is the end of my knowledge in the, that field. And of course, identify visually most of all the birds in a region by sight or call. I find it interesting that we gamify those kinds of activities. Certifications are a nice way of recognizing someone for their accomplishments, for their dedication. But when you go bird watching with people, you get a scorecard. And your performance on that scorecard kind of determines your bragging rights. How you look at that competition kind of determines how you feel about a competition, about what your interaction with a hobby means to you. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being competitive, but I'm saying that how you interpret something can change your outlook on how you approach an activity, how you approach your interests, how you treat other people. I'm sure that there are birders who look at a competition like a scorecard on a bird watching day, and they see that as a, as a chance to prove that they are, in fact, exactly what they think they are, better, well-equipped, well-studied, prepared, knowledgeable, And I'm sure that there are other people who see the scorecard and they say, well, this will be interesting. I'll see how well I can do. I don't expect much. And then the in-between, someone who looks at that and says, this will be interesting. Hopefully I can beat my last score. If anybody needs help, I'm here. You're not going to have a lot of help from either of the two extremes. That person in the middle is the best person to listen to. But determining who you fit in with really helps with how you exist in something. I look at birding and I see people taking something as simple as an education and finding a way to turn it into a competition. And I know I'm wrong in a lot of that for a lot of people. But it would be hard for me to turn away from that or to, to look at that and see the educational portion of it. I'm not a competitive person by nature, but I know that that world is full of very competitive people. I haven't had direct involvement with people who do bird watching. I haven't gone bird watching with people, but I have been around people who were going bird watching. I just happened to be there for nature. I used to do a little photography back in the day. I'm not saying I was good at it. I just I did that. And it was interesting to kind of watch those people. I wish I'd taken more photos of those people. I did see some people learning from each other. I did see some some people correcting each other. And some people are really good at that. Some people are just, they, they have the tongue. I'm going to say the tongue. They can tell you that you're wrong. They can give you the correct answer. And you feel educated rather than reprimanded. And I also saw more than plenty of people who were the extreme end of that. Every correction was a reprimand. Every incorrect answer was a scoff. So that really put me off of the idea of ever bird watching. Not that I felt it in my heart that I needed to do it. Birds are beautiful creatures. But I can enjoy the songs and I can look at them through the lens of my camera and still appreciate what birds are. And not need the next step. So it doesn't drive me. I love my car. And I love being around people who love their cars. Even if it's not the same car. And I know that's not all car people. There are plenty of people out there who will judge you for driving a Honda Civic or a Mitsubishi Eclipse. or God, if you have a Mitsubishi 3000 GT, I would love a 3000 GT. That would that would be amazing. I I think those cars are beautiful, but you can still be judged for that. There are people who will judge you for that. There are people who judge me for loving my Subaru. I know it's not perfect. This is the 2002 WRX is the first WRX that landed in the United States. It is by far one of the worst. Some people hate the bug eye look. I, I like it, but it's, it's got its disadvantages. My car is rusted. Like I said, it's got other problems. It came with a terrible transmission. My car has 258,000 miles on it. I, I think it's 258. But I call her Phoebe. She's not the fastest WRX on the planet. She's not the best. Her second gear is a little springy. I want to say springy. Um, there's piston knock. Because that happens in the older age of the flat force. There's... Problems with everything they've ever done to it. Every time I get under the hood of that car, we find something else wrong with it. But it's a fun car. It was my bucket list car. It was just this little piece of a dream. Something I knew in my heart that I wanted to do and spend time with. And giving into that. Being a part of that. Opening my eyes to that. Gave me a piece of the world that I didn't know existed. Gave me a community to belong to. That even if I never speak to another person, I can get a smile and a wave. And I hope you find that somewhere. In something that you love. Focus is a Patreon-supported podcast. I hope you consider donating. Um, I want to thank our current supporters, Anastasia Beaverhausen and Vigilanthi without you this isn't possible we're available on google play podcasts and apple podcasts and i'm really working on the spotify thing and hopefully youtube soon if there's anything you'd like to add to the conversation i'd love to hear back from you my twitter account is at focus by cisco s-i-s-k-o or you can check it out at focus or send me an email at ron at focusbycisco.com. i've gotten a couple so far and i want to thank you so much for that communication it's really wonderful. It's, here, it's great to hear back. Even, even if it's not a positive thing, I want, to, I want to be clear about this. Even if you have something you, you, negative you want to say, even if it's a criticism, even if it's something you felt like I missed in a topic, whatever it is, it's still there. We can still, we can still talk about it. It can still be part of the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'll see you when the plot requires it. Until next time.